2: Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor,
3: full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be. The Volume.
2: The 3 Now Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use. Safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Podcast. Lot going on in the golf world, baby. Lot going on right before I press record. The PGA Tour uh, denied everyone going to the Saudi League. Their releases. Then again, about ten minutes later, Greg Norman came out with a release. We'll dive into that. Tom Brady got three hundred seventy-five million dollars to call NFL football games. I don't think Phil would have gotten that much, but I think Phil would have been in that situation. Have a couple thoughts there. Had a theory this weekend watching Max Homa, and I think Colin Morikawa and the GOAT, Tiger Woods, also falls under there. Joe Buck is going to do a Manning cast for the PGA Championship. I have some questions. And then uh, Matt Wolf. Uh I kind of like him this week. I think he's on the right, the straight and narrow. But he gave some interesting quotes last week about his attitude that I thought just applied to life. Of course, at go low pod is the Instagram account. You want to get your question. We do the Middlecoff mailbag on the football show. We do the go low mailbag on the golf podcast. But the way to get on this is you fire in the direct messages of at go low. At go, excuse me, at go low pod is the Instagram. Go follow that. I throw up content. I also interact Golf questions there for the podcast at Go Low Pod. Let's. I guess let's start with Tom Brady getting $375 million. A huge reason he got that much money is he's got a lot of leverage. Like Tiger Woods, like Michael Jordan, you have to pay so much freaking money to get access to that individual. It's He has all the juice. Kind of like Tony Romo a year ago, but on steroids, right? Tony had people bidding over him. Peyton Manning's had people bidding over him. But a little like Peyton, Peyton was like, I want to do what I want to do. You need to give me money for Omaha Productions. You need to let me do the Manning cast for my rich neighbor's garage, <laughs> right? Tom Brady was like, yeah, you know, i 250, probably not enough. Three, 400, because the speaking engagements, do you know how much money Tiger Woods, he just had that Tiger Jam where he hits balls in front of rich clients. Well, what do you think these guys do a lot of times, especially Tiger in his prime, made so much money. It's the reason these corporations were paying him so much. He'd go around the country and do these corporate outings for really rich sponsors. That's justifying the, uh, the ungodly amount of money he was making. And Tom, to me, is worth every penny. Now, the difference, I would say, between Tom and Phil, I've seen Phil on television. A couple years ago... Was the US Open, I forget the tournament, was on there with Faldo and owned it. It was like, oh maybe it was Riv. It was incredible. It was like, oh my God. Now is would does golf generate the money football does? Of course not. But could Phil, if he would have avoided this Saudi mess, and it's weird because he just won a major, so he might have been a couple years away from it. And listen, golf is a lot different than football. Like ultimately, if you call a season of football, you, you're on air three hours a week. Now, the prep for football is much more intense than it would be for golf because you have to learn new coaches, new schemes, new players. Every tournament Phil would do for CBS, he has participated in that tournament. He knows the holes. He knows the different shots. So even if there are new players that come up in five years that he doesn't know, he knows the angles and what a club you should hit from 150 yards, the, the pin placements, the wind, the rough. He knows all that. Now, the difference is you have to work three, four days a week, right? You don't just get to work on Sunday. You have to be on air. Like, if you turn on some of these tournaments, Faldo's talking on Thursday, right? Then Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday, right? They do the Golf Channel stuff. Sometimes for the majors, they do the carryover stuff on ESPN. It's a lot of work. So, but I still believe that CBS probably would have paid to have Phil Mickelson as part of their brand and got rid of Faldo. I don't know, $20 million? Like, and to Phil, who knows? Maybe we'll see the Saudi thing, but as you saw today... For the first time, they've let Greg talk. They let Greg talk. They've let Phil take a lot of shit. They've let all these players take a lot of shit. Phil, or excuse me, Sergio last week, the first time. Now, listen, he's got a long history of whining. Made the comments can't wait to get off this tour. Can't wait to leave here. Can't wait to basically never have to play these tournaments again. So it was pretty clear what he was talking about. Like, I'm going to, without saying it, I'm going to the Saudi League. Screw you guys. Even though the rules of golf are the rules of golf, ironically, Sergio turned out to be right. They screwed up the clock. He should have got more time, whatever. Regardless, we knew what Sergio was talking about, which is the elephant in the room is this Saudi leak. And then earlier today, I was at the gym and I saw Barstool Riggs tweet out this interview from Sky Sports of Greg Norman sitting down talking with one of their big J's. And he was peppering him with questions, and then the big term they use is like sports washing, which is essentially using sports as a vehicle to circumvent all the negative things that the government does, like killing people, putting people in bone saws, cutting them up, you know, you know, stoning homosexuals. Like they, they have no rules over there; they'll do whatever they want. And Greg Norman was adamant that he does not answer to those people. And, and a life lesson that I learned. Very, very young. And I think it it speaks when you're a kid and your parents to when you get a job or even if you're in business. If you are in business, you are beholden to the consumer. If you have a job, you are beholden to your boss. And when you're a kid growing up, you are beholden to your parents. We all have to answer to the people that provide the capital. Whether that's, you can be an entrepreneur. If someone gives you $10 million to start a business, even if you're the CEO of the company, you answer to that guy. That's the way the real world fucking works. And you better believe if Saudi Arabia is financing this idea, which they are, the biggest leverage that Greg Norman has in this entire Live Golf is not that he's putting on golf tournaments. They already exist. It's called the PGA Tour. It's called the European Tour. It's called the Corn Ferry Tour. Golf tournaments all over the world rocking and rolling now. His point, it's not the golf courses. They already played sweet golf courses. The best golf courses. The best golf courses in America, the PGA Tour plays. The best golf courses in Europe, I would imagine the European Tour plays. Right? That's that's a fact. What Greg Norman's point of difference is, is the money. He is guaranteeing the cash. No cuts. Enormous purses. If the purses were smaller than the PGA Tour, you know who would not be interested? All the older players that are going, they would just stay on the PGA Tour or transition the Champions Tour. His point of difference is the money he's getting from Saudi Arabia, who has an unlimited amount of money. They, they, they do not care, and they will spend any amount of money that helps their... Again, I, you know me. I'm not a moral high horse guy. I don't even know. It's just pretty clear what they're doing. But regardless, you want to take their money, take their money. But let's not act like the reason this tur- these tournaments are happening is is because you hate the setup of the PGA Tour. Now, Jay Monahan, who there were rumors that he was in Washington this week. Obviously, they just played a golf tournament in Washington, D.C. He was in Washington meeting with politicians because they're about to go through a major, major political battle. And he's let Greg Norman, he's let all these guys talk and talk and talk. Finally, the PGA Tour put their chips in the middle of the table. And their answer was, we're granting no releases for any of you guys. And then obviously Greg Norman comes out, calls it a monopoly and a problem. Now listen, any human being, whether you run a company or whether you're an employee, you know this. The reason the NFL can tell Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or the NBA can tell Steph Curry and Giannis what they can and can't do, those guys receive W-2s. Those guys are on salary at 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars. They work for them. If you're listening to this right now and you're a W-2 employee and you're doing something on the side, if your company had a problem with that, they could talk to you about that. But if you do get a 1099 from them, they can't legally tell you what you can and can't do unless you sign a contract with them, right? You can do whatever else you want on the side. I know this. I'm in business with several different gambling entities on my different entities and like when I'm on a specific entity, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you pay for. When I go to another one, you don't get exclusivity. Well, guess what PGA Tour players are? PGA Tour players are independent contractors. Sole They work for themselves. They expense. When Steph Curry and the Warriors go play Memphis, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, the Warriors pay for the flight. They pay for the lodging. They pay for the food. They pay for it all. When Dustin Johnson goes from Florida and he flies out to Pebble Beach, well, he doesn't play in that anymore because he goes to Saudi, when he goes out to the Riv and goes to L.A., he pays for that flight. And then he pays, obviously, for his housing. Now, obviously, in his business entity, he can write all that off, but the PGA Tour is not paying for any of that. So they are in a slippery slope that they will not win. I know this for a fact. If it was in California, it would be cut and dry. The PGA Tour wouldn't have a chance on God's green earth to fight this. Now, Florida, I, I still think federally, you can't, if they're 1099 employees or whatever the exact tax term is that they the way they pay these guys, it ain't a W-2. They are not going to win this. These guys have the right, if they want to, to go play in the Saudi League. And I think Greg Norman deep down knows he has that. But let's not get any of this convoluted. The only reason live golf is a thing is Because of the money. Now, I would imagine most people listening understand that. It ain't the golf. It ain't Greg Norman. It it ain't the setup. It ain't the smaller fields. It's the cash. Because if their cash was not there or small, no one would give a shit. No one would play. But they're offering all this money. It's why all these older guys are going. It makes sense. The young guys who are making so much money on the PGA Tour, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, you name it, Colin Morikawa, they don't need to. But if they weren't making as much money, they'd have to be interested. I've never blamed anyone for being interested. The only thing I question is the guy like Sergio Garcia, who's actually still playing well, why he'd want to do this. Maybe he's just tired of the PGA Tour, which you're allowed to be. Tiger is so rich, it doesn't even matter. Same with Jordan Spieth, same with Justin Thomas. It's easy for them to say. But this notion that the PGA Tour, like I I do think Greg Norman, and obviously he's backed by a ton of cash, is going to win this fight. They're going to have to grant these guys releases. Now, then you can you know, fight the legalities of the actual contracts you sign with your independent contractors, but they can't control whether these guys go play over there or not. That's just not going to... They're, they're going to lose. And Jay probably knows that. He's just hoping to fight him in court. The problem is, and you learn this when you uh, go into business for yourself, you can't sue anyone that doesn't have money. You know, when you go into business for yourself, more than likely early on, you're going to get fucked. And who knows? As you get older, the bigger you get, you might get screwed again. It's just the nature of life. And it's always, to me, a good life lesson. Sometimes getting screwed helps teach you a good lesson in business, what to look for and what not to look for. But one thing I learned early on, and I was taught this, but until you experience it, like this guy owes me $37,000. How do I get it? Well, if that guy has no money or his company, you can't sue a poor person. They have nothing to give you. No different than you don't want to get into a legal fight with someone with unlimited money. Because even if I sue someone and I'm right, if that guy has 50x the resources, I'm not going to win in court. Because court's not about right and wrong. It's all about money. Who has the most money? That's that's all it's about. It's Court's never been around. The legal system's not about right and wrong at all. It's all about cash. And the more you have, the more resources and the better opportunity you have to win in the courtroom. And Greg Norman, if these people are willing to finance them, has an unlimited amount. The PGA Tour just simply does not. Now, they would have sponsors that might chip in if they were threatened to take their big players, but their big players aren't leaving yet. So if I'm Wells Fargo or I'm FedEx, why would I help Jay fight this if we're not really losing anything to our uh, television product, which we pay so much for? But that could turn into that because if this league does take off and a guy like Sergio Garcia makes $25 million or Phil makes $15 million or Lee Westwood and you're Scotty Scheffler and you have, I'm not saying, I'm just using him as an example, have this year where you win five tournaments, you win two majors and all you make and you don't win the FedEx and all you make is $13 million. Sergio wins three live events and finishes second overall and makes $35 million. You're like, what am I doing? So it's we're only just getting started, and uh, I have this theory. Sometimes I've, I've been known to take an edible or two. It helps open up my mind. The only downfall is it makes me really hungry, and I don't have the discipline to not eat. And I'm a sucker for sweets. But one thing it does is it really, you know, I I got a uh, capable mind, but it just if I'm just sitting there normally, it doesn't always open up. When that opens up, and I'm watching golf or just anything, it really helps me. Create topics for shows. So honestly, why I've always loved Coward because he's a deep thinker and his takes are just so much different than just meathead sports. That that at this point in time in my life kind of bores me. Now I like some like game reaction stuff, but just I can't just do, you know, it was the third inning, he didn't bunt. Like I just don't even care. I I like being pushed for thought, and Coward is the best. That's why he's the goat. And I, I, I try to patent my style off stuff like that. Try to just think of things that not anyone that, you know, there's, wow, I've never heard that before. And I was thinking actually last week about Tiger Woods, what made him such a great player, right? You know, middle, lower middle class from Southern California. Southern California is, is sunny 365. I played, when I played LA Country Club, the game, the day before the 49ers Rams week 18, I was sweating. It's incredible. It's kind of crazy that UCLA and USC aren't power programs. Their weather is perfect year-round. That's why Arizona State dominates. You can play golf seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, right? It's it's a huge disadvantage in Michigan or Philly or in some of these states, right? Well, Tiger Woods grew up in a place where you can play golf nonstop. And then he went to college. <clears throat> I was playing golf over the weekend. And I'm in the East Bay where we have much warmer and nicer weather than San Francisco or Monterey. And it was freezing cold. And it was May 6th or 7th. But if you've ever gone to Monterey, where Pebble is, where Cypress is, where Spyglass is, whether it's January 1st or July 31st, it doesn't matter. You can get freezing cold, misty, windy days. It is cold golf. San Francisco, same thing. Olympic Club, Harding Park, this, uh, SF Country Club, right? Those courses where all these guys play, whether you go to Stanford or Cal, creates your game. Right, So Tiger, and granted, he's a lot different than these new age guys because he grew up playing blades and persimmons and the technology hadn't changed. So he's a golf shot maker who then got strong and used power, but he learned to play in the elements because at Stanford, you're playing in the Monterey area and the San Francisco area a lot. Think of Colin Morikawa. Think about the two tournaments he won. TPC Harding Park is not your normal municipal course. Even like Torrey Pines, which has some parallels because the fog and the cold. TPC Harding Park is much colder than Torrey Pines. You can have in the middle of summer, in the middle of winter, 40 degree days where the ball is not flying. Now, obviously, Colin and Max Homa playing at Cal, you would play that course. But he thrived in that. Now, he was on with his irons and hit the great shot on sixteen. But both those guys, all three, Tiger Woods, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, all from Los Angeles. Yet they're all good, tough golf course players. Obviously, Tiger's the greatest of all time when it comes to playing in the conditions. I've heard Stevie Williams say that. That's not my opinion. But when you watch Colin Morikawa, and specifically Max Homa, think of where he won. Now, he's from L.A., but Riv is a tough course. What we just witnessed at TPC Potomac—I'm probably saying that wrong— it, in Washington, D.C. last weekend was incredible to watch. I, I felt like I was watching like a mini U.S. Open. I love that style of golf. I love watching guys get their ass kicked because the cream really rises. Where if I'm in a birdie fest where 22 under is going to win it, well, if my putter's on and my, my wedges are on, I, I might get a couple birdies that I would not normally get. That was you had to play elite golf, and Max Homa did. And I think a huge benefit of that, and Max Home is not some random guy. He's obviously not what Tiger Woods was as a young player, and even Morikawa. He did win the NCAA Championship Individual Award. Like, he won it as an individual when he was in college. So did Tiger, so did Phil, so did Bryson. Like, elite guys have won that tournament. Matt, Matt Wolf did several years ago. But when I watch Max Homa, I watch a guy who translates to tough golf courses. And when you translate to tough golf courses, you're going to win. And it's not random that he's got more wins than like John Rahm and Kepka and guys like that over the last four years. Because when he goes to tough golf courses and now in the elements, and obviously his game's really rounding into form, but that shit translates everywhere. It's like a good defense in a run game. If I have a number one defense and a number one running game, I'm going to be able to play just about anywhere in any element and hang. Whether it's in the sun or whether it's in the freezing cold in Baltimore. Let's go. All of a chance. If I got Max Homa's game, whether we're playing the open or... Or whether we're playing in, in Florida, well, obviously the grass is a little bit different. But if I'm playing well, like I can hang with anybody. Uh, cool to see. Big Max Homa fan who isn't. Really quick on Matt Wolf. He mentioned something last week, and it's good to see him back. Because to me, he's a true blue chipper. And he was in the class of Morikawa and Hovland. That his attitude, you know, he clearly got into a weird mental spot. Right? Where I, I do think golf is very unique just in general. I remember being in high school and all my friends played baseball. It was like it felt very lonely. Even the guys on my golf team, like they weren't necessarily my close friends. So you just like I never wanted to practice because I wasn't really hanging out with my friends. I, I like practicing. I, I go play 36 holes by myself. No problem. Turn on some tunes, a podcast. If I get a course to myself, boom and play. I, I love playing golf with myself. But when I was young, I did not. So you have to learn to be because I was actually I mean, I'm social now, but much more sociable you know probably between like 18 to 25. And you really you got to be very independent. And if you're not independent it can be it can be difficult. And clearly Hovland and Morikawa transition better whether it's their team regardless. Now they were playing a little bit better, but it was tough for Matt Wolf. and I think the PJ lifestyle got to him and he battled just negative thoughts. And he mentioned something that remember I think it was at the the players where he threw a club in the water. And he even said, like, one thing I had to look internally is, like, I was messing up my playing partners. And that's kind of a scumbag move. Uh, my, my negative attitude was distracting other guys I was playing with. And I just think in general, I have I have some negative tendencies. I, I would say most of my life, I've leaned negative. That was always my negative. And I would say the last three or four years, specifically when I just kind of went into business for myself, you kind of got to be optimistic. Because if you're negative all the time, like the world's negative enough. Things are tough enough. But if you're always going to be negative, you're going to fight an uphill battle. And golf, like in baseball, it is hard. You're going to fail a lot. You're going to miss cuts. You're going to strike out. You have to find a way to be positive. And I think the quicker that you can have a positive attitude, and this is cliche and cheesy. You can say it all you want. It's as true as the day is long. You control your attitude. So why not have a good attitude? Why not have a positive outlook? You want to be negative? Well, most people don't thrive in negativity. Some people do. Like, some people can thrive in negativity. Dave Portnoy thrives in it. Elon Musk loves the smoke. Eats it up. I personally don't like it. It's why I don't get into politics stuff on Twitter. I wouldn't like that environment. It's just too much. I don't want the negativity coming at. I'm not numb to that. Even though we all have thoughts or whatever. I'm not saying I don't have negative thoughts, but... I do think, and Max Homa has really talked about this. The faster he could switch his attitude to being positive, to not go into the negative side, it's easier to be successful. And I respect the guy, especially at a young age. And Matt Wolf getting that, it's why I kind of like him ninety to one. I am gonna throw like twenty five dollars on him this week because Matt Wolf ninety to one. Who Matt Matt Wolf is gonna have a big comeback. He, he's gonna win a tournament in the next year or two, and you are gonna be like, "What happened to yeah?" He's he's an elite player. This guy, if it, he was an NFL or NBA player. He would have been a top two or three pick. Like he he was that. And then his rookie year, he won like rookie of the year. Remember, he's he finished second at TBC Harding Park to Mark Howell. He finished second playing with Bryson uh, at Wingfoot. Like th- this guy ain't just some talent, but doesn't like this guy's a player. And last but not least, Joe Buck and the Manning cast. They're gonna do it next week. One thing that makes football really unique when you do the Manning cast on Monday night is no other games are playing. So he could have, and he did, players on non-stop. It's like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. You could have a coach if you want. You could have anybody. The whole league, beside the people playing, you have access to, right? Former players. In golf, especially in the majors, everyone's playing. So when the when the people are on the course, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to have, you can't have Tiger Woods, he's playing. You can't have Phil Mickelson, he's playing. Or he's on the range or whatever. It's not like, well, he played last week, we can get him this week. So I don't think it works in golf. Just like I haven't watched anything they've done. Apple TV's done the baseball. I've just seen the reaction is terrible. It only works for football because it's one three-hour event. A golf day, like if you do it on a Saturday or Sunday, is five and a half hours long. You don't have enough content besides just showing the show, besides hanging out. I think it's very, very difficult. Now, I understand Joe. what's Joe Buck going to say. No, they just paid him $15 million a year. I would say yes, too. I just don't think it's feasible unless you could have like your partner's Phil Mickelson and then you might as well just have the broadcast. But I I do think football, everyone's trying to copy this Manning cast. There is no copying the Manning cast. First and foremost, it's Peyton freaking Manning and then his little brother who beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. So the Mannings are two of the most famous brothers in the history of sport and they're just doing one three-hour event with four guests who are always very topical, and usually two or three of them played the previous week. So it's like, hey, let's have J.J. Watt. Hey, let's have Devontae Adams. Hey, let's have... And then you mix in some actors and stuff. Now, you'll be able to mix in famous people that like golf, but I don't know if it's quite the same. I I, I really don't. So I, um I, again, not trying to be negative here. I'm a positive Petey, but I don't see that working. Just like I don't see it working with any of these sports. Like basketball, it ain't working. It doesn't work. The reason Manning cast is so big, again, is because of Peyton freaking Manning. (laughs) I mean, it's like, why do you think Tom Brady would work on TV? Why would they pay him all that money? I don't know, because he's Tom Brady. Do you think the NBA ratings would go up if I told you, you know who's calling the game uh, tomorrow? Ian Eagle and Michael Jordan is going to be his analyst. Do you know who would watch? Most people. You know why? Michael Jordan did a documentary and 8 million people watched. You don't think if like, oh, yeah, who's who's calling the first game of the NBA finals? Giannis versus the Warriors. Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, I'm in. You know, it's fame. Now, if he sucked, it wouldn't matter over time. And I'm not saying Tom Brady's going to be great. But you know what we know really quick about Tom uh, Peyton Manning? He's awesome. You know, he's really good. Just like Phil. Phil is very natural at talking. It's like, uh, it's his, he's excellent at it. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free, and if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. This app is so easy to use, there's a range of betting options like outright winners, head-to-head, matchups, nationality props, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. You know who I like this week? A little bit of a flyer, Matt Wolf on the comeback trail 90 to 1 at the Byron Nelson on FanDuel. So go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code Colin to get your first bet risk free up to $1,000. Remember, use my promo code Colin to get the special offer today. It's FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770, STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY, 467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats.
2: Okay, back at it again. We're getting right around the corner. I I, I was a week early. For some reason, I thought the PJ Championship was this week. Turns out it's next week. But then once we're there, then we got a month and another major, then a month and another major back with Jason Sobel, Mr. Golf. You can hear him every week. Uh Sirius XM two to four. I was actually listening yesterday in the car. You can also links and locks podcast on the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter. He writes a fantastic preview. I would imagine you've already done a little research for next week, Southern Hills. And then we're not far away from the U.S. Open. So you're you're hitting busy season now, Sobel. What's up,
1: John? Yeah, it's getting a little bit. It's always busy. It's golf season. Golf season is January through December. And then we take a day off for Christmas and it starts over again. So it's always busy season. I do like the fact that you stuck in there. I have a radio show and you actually listened for a little bit yesterday. <laughs> like... Well, I actually listen, I appreciate that. Wow.
2: <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean it like that. I'm just you know, I'm not, I'm not in the car that much. So when I'm in the car flipping around, and you guys on Mondays are always, you know, BSing about the future odds. I, I like that segment about I'm guess kid, the odds. Just I just I'm a, I'm a serious PGA tour radio guy. Come it, on. Man, I appreciate it. I really do. <laughs> uh, before we dive into this week, you know, I, I, I had a theory I talked about earlier on the podcast that if you throw in three L.A. guys or Southern California guys, I don't know if Tiger's Mm -hmm. technically L.A., but Morikawa and Homa are. Obviously, Tiger, Southern California. They both – I'm a Northern California guy. They both went to Cal and Stanford. And the one thing – you've been to all these major tournaments over the years from Monterey up to San Francisco. It's kind of unique climate for California golf. So these guys, because they're so damn good in their youth, get to play all the sweet courses in Southern California. But when Mm -hmm. they come to college – from Pebble, the Spyglass, up to the San Francisco courses, they get used to the tough conditions. And you saw, you know, uh, Colin win hard- Harding, which is unique. I mean, he played that in college. Sure. But Max at this tournament last week, the, tur- the the conditions turned like U.S. Open meets British Open. It was crazy, and he was felt pretty comfortable in it. Now, I'm not saying that's all because of Cal, but I. Th- What do you think about that theory? Those guys playing Stanford and Cal just get to play a lot of the golf courses in San Francisco, which is cold golf in the summer. I was all prepared
1: to swat your theory like I was an NBA center and you were coming down the lane. Motumbo, I I can't do it. No, I actually like the theory. That's pretty good there. Uh, Homa, the one thing I kept thinking about him on Saturday and Sunday when I was watching is the old axiom they use, You've got to feel comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Those look like, and I wasn't on site for the Wells Fargo this past weekend, but those look like the most uncomfortable oh. weather conditions you can have, a, a tough kind of long slog of a golf course. You know, there's nothing like fun about that golf course, just hard, and then you're dealing with wind and rain and cold and all this stuff kind of hitting you, and you're just never going to be comfortable. And Max Oma essentially won that golf tournament because he looked and felt more comfortable than everybody else in those surroundings.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you watch RIV or you watch TPC Scottsdale, you're like, I want to go play golf. You watch that, you're like, I just want to drink. I don't want to play <laughs> golf. I mean, that was... But it, let's let's stick to Max a little bit. I mean, he was a guy who won the NCAA championship years ago. He was obviously, you know, played at Cal, a really good program. But it was tough for him early on. Now he's really hitting his stride. Like, he's a really, really good player. I mean, is this? are we talking a future Ryder Cup, President Cup type guy? It feels like he's going to be in that mix for years to come. I think
1: we're at the point now where it would be a surprise if he's not on the President's Cup team this year. Remember, they go by points based on the PGA Tour season because the President's Cup... Is run by the PGA Tour. He's now got two wins this season. So, uh, some of the other guys, there's going to have to be 12 other players who who make some serious inroads to knock Homa out of this list. And Homa's got to do absolutely nothing from here on in. I I think it's almost not quite a done deal, but it would be very surprising if he's not on that team. As far as moving forward, I don't know. I love his conversion rate, though. And and this is something I brought up Sunday on Twitter. The fact that Max Homa now has 16 career top 10s, six career top fives, and four wins. That's an unbelievable conversion rate. There are a lot of players out there who, if they could win 25% of their top 10s, John, I mean, you're talking about Hall of Fame careers. I mean, any of these guys, I I don't know how many top 10s Dustin Johnson has in his career, but if you want a quarter of them, an outrageous amount 50 wins or something (laughs) like that. I mean, you know, that would be a tremendous amount of victories. The fact that essentially almost every time Max Homa gets himself into contention, he wins a golf tournament on the PGA tour that speaks volumes about how comfortable he is on the back nine in contention on a Sunday afternoon.
2: And I would say the tournament he won last year when he beat Tony, I mean, you win at Riv in those conditions and then you win that, like that's pretty clear. His major record isn't great, but he's only been a really top-end player now for a short period of time. I would say it feels like he should contend in majors in the next five years if he continues playing well, right?
1: I'd also venture to say that we should look at him as maybe a match play player for these President's Cup and Ryder Cup opportunities he has coming up. Because uh, you just brought it up there. He beat Tony Finau in a playoff at Riv. Last year, really surprising stuff on the 10th ball where there's all sorts of drama. Uh, He essentially was mano a mano against Keegan Bradley at TBC Potomac this past weekend and won that one. So he's not a guy that necessarily backs down, let's say, one-on-one situation. So I think that bodes well for him in those team competitions as well. Yeah, he hasn't played great at major championships I'm not sure I necessarily love him at the PGA next week, but you mentioned the Wells Fargo almost looking like a mini U.S. Open last week with the tough conditions. Hey, next uh, next month, U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline. I, I think we're going to see some of those players, including Max Homa, who are on the leaderboard this past weekend, on the leaderboard again in Brookline.
2: Would you say Keegan would be another name to keep an eye on, maybe not to win it, but a top 10-ish? I mean, he's playing pretty well.
1: I'm not so sure he's in yet. I think he's still got to get in. I don't know if that runner-up, tie for runner-up finish got him in, and maybe it hurt him making bogey on the last one. It looked like he had solo runner-up locked up for the entire day and wound up in a three-way tie. So I'm not even sure he's in. Matt Fitzpatrick, though, was the guy that I look at from that leaderboard. And uh, granted, everyone, the entire world is going to be on Matt Fitzpatrick. He plays tough golf courses really well he's better when the score is closer in relation to par than when it's a 25 under birdie fest. And then he happened to win the U S amateur nine years ago at that very site, the country club. So everybody's going to be on him for that one. Um, makes me almost want to get off him a little bit, but there's a lot of sense in picking him for that one as well.
2: Well, speaking about match play an, an absolute, um, Ryder cup match play legend would be Sergio Garcia. And, uh, he had a little bit of a blow up that went viral, not because people don't get mad at rules officials, but because of what he was, you know, muttering under his breath as clearly cameras were there. What what was your take on that whole situation?
1: So I get it. Look, Sergio is right, and the rules official was wrong, and the PGA Tour um, basically offered a, if not an apology, at least sort of a a retraction later on in the day. That said. It wasn't about Sergio sort of voicing his displeasure. It was about what Sergio, how he voiced his displeasure. It was about what he said, which was, I can't wait to get off this tour in a few weeks. I can't wait to go play golf somewhere else. As if the rules official on the Saudi-based live tour will say, hey, Sergio, whatever you want to do. I just don't understand the thought process of like, hey, yeah, the guys from Saudi Arabia, uh, those guys – are are very giving those guys are are very gentle with the players those guys are very open and 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 with different interpretations look it's still golf in fact the live uh tour uh, hired a former pga tour rules official to run all of their tournament committee stuff and rule stuff so it's still going to be the same thing i don't understand where sergio's going with that now granted it's not like Sergio stood in front of cameras and a microphone and said that Sergio's playing 18 holes. He doesn't know when and where he's on TV or radio. And he doesn't know what's being said, what's being heard. But still for you to say that anywhere in a public forum, uh, just sort of suggest that I don't think he quite understands what he's getting into. If he thinks, Oh yeah, I'm going to go over there. They're just going to let me do whatever I want. That'll be fine. Uh,
2: When you, cover the NFL like I do, you just you get used to Instagram and and tweets and what they actually mean. You got to read between the lines. Well, the PGA Tour, I think it was yesterday, tweeted out Tiger's in the PGA Championship. But the story yesterday was Tiger and Phil were in the PGA Championship, but the PGA Tour did not mention Phil Mickelson. Of course not. Uh, (laughs) No, so it's, it's safe to say they're not on the same wavelength, but it's pretty clear the defending champion who had Beside Tigers 19, probably the most impressive major in recent memory of winning that thing, looks like he's going to play. What are your expectations assuming he's going to play? Is that going to be, are they, can he avoid the media? Like in other sports, you can take fines and avoid the media. Clearly, everyone's going to want to talk to him. What's your expectations going into next week?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, neither Tiger nor Phil have ever not been in the PGA championship as past champions. They are invited and qualified to be in the field. And so essentially they have filled out some paperwork saying, yes, I'm going to go play. Same thing they did for the U.S. Open. That doesn't mean they're necessarily playing. I mean, Phil, at at this very moment, could be calling up Seth Waugh, the CEO for the PGA of America, saying, you know what? I'm just not ready and I don't want to go through all this stuff. I'm not going to do it. That said, I'm a little more on the side that Phil's going to play. I've said all along, Tiger's playing. Tiger played the Masters. Why wouldn't he a month and a half later play the PGA championship? He went there on a scouting mission, for goodness sakes. I mean, he's in the four
2: majors. Tiger's in the four majors now, don't
1: you? He's not not going to Southern Hills, taking the director of golf there as his caddy, and then afterwards saying, Thanks, that was really fun. I appreciate you taking me out there. I'm not going to play the PGA, but man, it was cool coming back. No, he's doing that for a reason. Uh, As for Phil, look, everything about Phil has been a guess. Uh, in my mind, over the last two or three months, if he does come back, I can tell you two things. Uh, Seth Waugh spoke with Gary Williams, who uh, co-hosted my SiriusXM PGA Tour radio show with me last week, and told me of the conversation that Seth has been in constant communication with Phil. That this won't be a surprise to them if he does say, "Yes, I will be there. I will play." And you know, this isn't. Yeah, you know, he's not going to just swoop in and say. Hey, I'm here. You know, what are you going to do now? This is, um, yeah, this is going to be something they do, do in concert. Uh, the second part of this is that Phil very much will have to have a press conference to get everything out of the way. First of all, Phil will sit down with the media Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. You will answer questions for half an hour. You uh, will sit in front of the cameras and microphones, and then after that, at the end of it, you may say. This is the last I'm going to speak of all this stuff for this week. I want to focus on golf. As a journalist, I'm fine with that. You do that, I'm completely fine with Thursday after the opening round, hey, tell us about that birdie on six. Uh, That's fine because we've already had our shot to ask him those questions. And so I I do know PGA of America wants him to do that. They would like him to get out in front of it and not take away from the spotlight Of being a defending champion and playing in a major championship.
2: Let's dive into the uh, Byron Nelson because um, I was reading you liked a guy that withdrew on Monday, Eric Van Rooyen, who's been playing good golf. (laughs) I, you know, those those joggers, you know, convert to a lot of birdies. Uh,
1: John, I mean, this job is hard enough. I don't need this stuff. You know, I spend most of my Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, into the wee hours of Sunday night, researching, studying, going over the plays that I like. Okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. Monday morning, the odds come out, and I start putting guys in different spots. Now, Van Roy, it was was less about him personally. He just kind of represented this sort of 50-to-1 to 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 80-to-1 range that I really liked. and I picked him, and I said, I really like him. About two hours after I said I really like him, he said, you know what, I'm not going to play him out of here. So, uh, man, you know, I could have just sat around and waited till Monday night, Tuesday morning. I'm trying to help the people, trying to put content out there, but I quickly went, delete, delete, delete. All right, let's move some things around and got some other games in there.
2: I'm with you. A little bit like last week, I, I like the longer odds, but I would say the difference this week, which gives me a little pause is you you have Munoz, who's 70-1 to 1 on FanDuel, but Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Sam Burns, who almost won this thing last year, is in this. feels like this field's pretty good, but you've been around these guys the week before a major. Is it a balance for some of these guys, more honing it in, and they don't even mind missing the cut so they can just get there and get ready by Sunday afternoon, would you say?
1: I think what it is is for most of these players, now some of the young guys, a Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, we're like, yeah. I'm just going to go play golf. And then next week I'll go to the next place.
2: Whatever. Not
1: a huge deal. Um, but I think what it is, is look, I'm either let me get into serious contention and try to win this golf tournament, or let me just, you know, bogey the last three holes on Friday afternoon, get on a plane and go straight to Southern Hills, get a couple more days of rest and recovery and relaxation before the major championship. You don't want to be the guy who's, you know, I'm, I'm third in the world. Uh, I know I'm a world-class player. I have a chance of winning a major next week. I'm Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson or whoever. We, it we is. could
2: call it the Brooks Kepka, you know, three plus Kef- 18 to get out of there. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and you don't want to finish
2: in 41st place.
0: Like that's
1: no. that's sort of the worst possible scenario. It's like either let me be in the mix, let me feel the heat of that battle, or let me just miss it all together. The the worst thing is just finishing way down the leaderboard. That said, look. There are a bunch of those guys near the top that are uh, obviously good plays this week. I was asked on another podcast that I did, hey, what do you think of Scotty Scheffler at even money for a top 10 this week? I said, you know, for all the analyzation and overanalyzation and uh, the thoughts and the out- uh, overthinking that we do, if if someone just goes, you know what? I'm taking my entire bankroll and putting on Scotty Scheffler, even money, top 10 this week. You, yeah, OK. That makes a, lot, a whole lot of sense. I, I don't think I'd talk anyone out of that. I like DJ as well. Uh, interesting that FanDuel's got a pretty good number on Will Zalatoris. Plus 2,100. Some other books out yeah. there don't have quite a number that big. So I don't mind that. Uh, I've been waiting for Willie Z to win that first one. He's coming in on the heels of three really good finishes. So I, I can see that as well. DJ is another guy that's starting to trend in the right direction. First event as a married uh Man, for Dustin Johnson this week at Narrative Street again. I don't know. It, you know, uh, Max Holman talked about having all the perspective, quote unquote, after winning the Wells Fargo. So those are some of the names at the top that I like.
2: It's funny, I would imagine most people that know about DJ and Paulina assume they've been married for eight years, right? You know, like I mean, DJ have might have kids. assumed that himself. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure DJ was sure so, uh, you know, last week was like a major championship, this week 25 under one. Three guys that I wrote down, you obviously picked Munoz 71, Davis Riley 65 to one, Aaron Wise 55 to one. Talk about those guys at this course.
1: Yeah, again, I think it's first of all just a nice sweet spot in that range below the top tier, but you're not dipping down to guys who are 250 to one. It's not complete long shots. Each of those players is really super talented, good iron players. Essentially, it comes down to, and I was looking at stats earlier, the top 16 on the leaderboard last year, everyone who shot 17 under or better, they were all positive strokes gained putting for the week. So it's going to come down to, you roll in some putts, you're going to be up there on the leaderboard. And if you don't, then uh, you don't really have a chance. You're going to have to make a whole bunch of butts, But at least those three players you just mentioned, all really good iron players. I'm looking for those guys. Jonathan Vegas is another name. Lonto Griffin, another guy right in that range. I'm looking for those guys to at least put themselves in positions to to go make those birdies. And the guys that of that group who roll it the best are going to have a chance of winning this thing.
2: W- one name I wrote down is Noren, fifty-five to one. Who's good iron player. Putter has to get hot. And Jason Day, who played really well last week beside the one day, you know, he's a guy if putter gets hot, but it's, you know, the back, the, the warm weather with the back, though, might help, right?
1: That, that could help. I don't love Day. I still don't think it's a big enough number for me to chase. Now, if we're talking about, uh, about popular guys who have a big number next to their name and, and guys who are coming off a pretty good week and starting to turn things around, instead of Jason Day, I'm looking at Matthew Wolf. This is a perfect golf course for Matt Walsh. I saw I saw
2: that number. It was interesting. I, I look,
1: I, I have no idea what to expect from him on a weekly basis. I didn't see it coming last week, but if it is indeed starting to come around for him, yeah. I mean, he's a guy with a tremendous amount of talent.
2: One thing on him specifically, you know, it's clearly he didn't transition. Just the, the grind of the PGA Tour got to him, unlike maybe Victor and uh, – And Colin, because obviously he had success too, right? He finished high at TPC Harding. He finished high behind Bryson. Like he's like elite talent. How much, when you've seen over the years now with the pressure, the money on these guys, the expectation is it higher than ever for the group of guys consistently coming out, especially his crew, right? Those three guys were allotted like top three picks in an NFL draft.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if it's so much the external expectations as the internal expectations. Like you're sort of looking at the other guys going, man, they're doing it. They're winning these events. Why am I not doing that? And maybe you're sort of feeling your own internal pressure. I don't know. And, and, you know, Matt has been very open about it. I spent some time with him uh, during master's week. And I can tell you, he is as good a kid as there is out there. He's friendly. He's congenial. Even being around a, a whole bunch of people who are two and three times his age, he, he just seems comfortable in the situation and just a nice kid. You want him to play well. So I, I'm rooting for him. I don't know how to explain where the the little down, downfall's gone, where, where that little slide in his career uh, happened, why it's happened, but I do think that just based on his talent level alone, we're going to see him start to move straight back up, and he's going to be a massive talent for a long time. I really think so.
2: Uh, I'm with you. What, you. what do you got on tap the rest of the week, Sobel?
1: Oh, man. We're just – I mean, I got the radio show. You might actually listen. Uh, yeah. We've got all sorts of stuff on Action Network and Golf that. We've got all our content up there. So, uh, the usual, you know, getting ready for the PGA.
2: Headed to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma in a couple in a week? Sunday night
1: flight to Tulsa, Oklahoma, so I can be on the grounds ready to go on Monday morning.
2: Not nice and warm, you think? There,
1: I, I tell you what, I was there. I was there in 01 for the U.S. Open. They still some Retief Goosen and Mark Brooks still owe me 36 holes of golf that I didn't get to play on that Monday in Tulsa because they went to an 18 all playoff instead. I was there in 07 when Tiger won, the absolute hottest I've ever been. If there's one uh, argument for why the PGA championship should be held in May and not August. It's so that people like me don't have to, uh, go out in 115 degrees in Tulsa in August. So I I love the schedule change anyway, but the fact that we're going to Tulsa in May and not August is reason for celebration right there.
2: Well, enjoy it. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, let's, uh, let's get to the mailbag at Golopod At Golopod. Fire into those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. What's good, John? I'm your neighbor to the east here in Lake Tahoe. Love me some Lake Tahoe. I'm slowly getting to play around to some of the premier courses here with the Tahoe Basin, and they are downright breathtaking at times. I've never played golf in Tahoe, but I've heard it's incredible. However, this weekend I played around at my favorite course in the area, Apple Mountain. Located in Camino, California, basically Placerville. One, have you played it? I have not. If yes, how do you score there? And what are your thoughts on the place? Coming down from the land on the Monster Pine, it's surprisingly stunning for me. The vast diversity, everything from the eucalyptus to the palm to the pond, uh, ponderosa pines. I saw an entire fox family, dozen of goblin turkeys, and a pregnant doe so swollen her titties were dragging to the ground. This is this is a good one. Uh, The Blooming Flowers, I'm going to write this down. What's it called? Apple Mountain. This is why we have it. I I have not played it, but uh, love to hear your thoughts. I, I, I really want to. You made it sound pretty incredible. One thing we have here in California, we have fantastic golf. We really do. Question for the podcast. Big fan of the show. Can you break down your top five bucket list courses to play that are open to the regular public. Okay, I have uh, Augusta would be out then. So would like Payne's Valley. Uh, so would Riviera. It's a private course. I would go. No, I have never played Pebble Beach, and that's. I mean, I I, I could. It's not like I can't afford it. Even though I mean, I've never paid six hundred fifty dollars for golf, but I, I I guess I would. I've been there a million times. I feel like I've played it, but I would say Pebble would be one. Uh, I would say Beth Page Black. The They played the U.S. Open there. And the PGA Championship there before uh, would be up there. Uh, I would say TPC. Uh, what's it called? The Where the players is played. I am blanking right now. My mind's not working. That, that would be up there. So I'd go Pebble. I would say uh, the Players Championship course. Why can't I think TPC something? Uh, I don't know why is my brain not working. TPC Florida, TPC Jacksonville. What the fuck is this called? Uh Beth Page Black w- would be very very high. I I've played there before, but I want to go again all the Bandon Dunes. I-, I I would say the Bandon Dunes is just an incredible experience. It- it's it's really pretty tough to beat Bandon Dunes. It is it's awesome. <laughs> I mean it 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 really is. Uh, Memorial's a Memorials private course. Chambers Bay is got abandoned dunes feel like I, I think it's pretty sweet. Now I don't want a cold day, so I, I would say Pebble, I would say the players, I would say Beth Page Black are ones that immediately come to my mind. I haven't played, but it looks pretty cool on TV. The uh, uh, Myrtle Beach where they play um, those tournaments, South Carolina, that little that little stretch. So, but definitely the players Pebble and Beth page would be right up there just three to come to my mind a man banker I work with was a college golfer as was her brother. he now works for Taylormade I heard your last pod and I will see if I can link you up for merch bit of a long shot I'll send him my email let's let's link up I'm a big ta- I play Taylormade golf balls. Nick Watney deep sleeper Nick Watney who went to the same high school I did. And then he went to Fresno State, had a hell of a career. I heard you knocking meteorologists and I had to chime in. FYI, I'm a former TV meteorologist. Meteorologists are actually incredibly accurate given what they're really doing in predicting how an atmospheric ocean will move around a, sp- a sp- I can't even say this word, spherical rock being funneled or being fueled by different heating, differential heating, God, this is, this is a tough read. As you know, predicting the future is accuracy is very difficult. In fact, meteorologists are considered among the best statistician predictors of any profession. Here's the rough accuracy on meteorologists. One day out, 90%. Three days out, 70%. Five days out, 50%. Seven days out, 30%. Nine days out, 10% accuracy. Compare those odds against the batting average of Barry Bonds, past completion, Aaron Rodgers, or shot accuracy of Michael Jordan. If you receive a forecast, it's likely to be highly accurate. The old joke is meteorologist, meteorologist. the old joke about meteorologists is no longer valid. Unrelated. I think Rory McIlroy notches a win this weekend at the Wells Fargo. Actually played pretty well. If he could just improve his wedges a little bit, if his wedge game was better, and I'm not talking like around the greens, I'm just talking 100 yards in. You watch Rory McIlroy, he's 100 yards out, you never think he's going to knock at five feet. That to me is what really separates like JT, Jordan when they're on, I think DJ's become a really good wedge player. Cow is a good wedge player. Again, I'm talking approach wedges, like 110, 105, 96, 88. It's what, you know, I shot 77 the other day. If I was better at that, I would have shot 71. But I'm just not 88 yards, 98 yards. It's somewhat of a guessing game. Uh, but Rory is playing pretty well. So I, I, I'm rooting for him. I think he's I think he's going to be in the mix in one of these majors, which is cool, which is what we want. If you're ever in the DC area, I would highly recommend playing at TPC where they just played. It's challenging, but it's a lot of fun to play. It looked so awesome on television. Now, they the weather was cold, windy, they'd grown up the rough, it looked tough. I who doesn't like watching that? Like I this weekend, the Byron Nelson. These guys are going to shoot 2500 par. That's what won it last year. I would much rather watch that. Mother's Day, sitting on the recliner with my brother, watching Max Holman and Keegan Bradley just throw haymakers. Like, sign me up. Uh, again, but I'm a sucker for an SEC championship game where 21 17 wins it. I don't need 48 to 45. I don't like my football that way. No, don't get me wrong. I like watching Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen throw touchdowns, but I do like the mix up of defensive performances guys getting lit up, guys getting tackled, guys hitting out of the rough. Guys having to scramble for par. Not just easy birdie after easy birdie after easy birdie. To me, that's not that fun. Uh, So I I really enjoyed that. I would love to play there. Hell, you you could argue that might immediately be one of my top five courses. What is the players... Before I get up, what is that course? It's driving me nuts. The players course. You know when you're... You know when you're... TPC Sawgrass. Come on, John. TPC Sawgrass. I knew I was going to get it eventually. It was driving me nuts. Adios. (laughs)
0: Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
3: Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, it reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System keeps cooking supplies handy and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust re- With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card,
2: you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash.